Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. I don't know about you, Trent, uh, but when I was going through the slate of games for this week in advance of us taping our television program, mm-hmm. I there was nothing that jumped out to me. Nothing. How about you? Oh, I, I got a whole slew of games. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, not at all. Some people say it's a problem. Yeah, a lot of people. I have fun with it. Yeah, I know you do. We have fun at your expense. KennyWhiteSports.com joins the program. Speaking of sports wagering, uh, good to talk to you, Kenny White. How are you, sir? Hi, Ken and Trent. I'm doing great. You know, looking forward to another weekend of uh, college football. This is the busiest month there is for me because I'm working on NHL uh-huh. and NBA and college basketball at the same time, you know, trying to get that college basketball stuff all in order. It's been uh, some busy, busy days. It's a labor of love is what it is for you, though, right? Yes, it is. There's no doubt about it. I, I Really, I love the month because, you know, you get into hockey right now, and there's yep. really some great situations in hockey because you start to follow travel. You know, our home team here, the Golden Knights, have been a tremendous team for the since their organization started, but they were tired last night. They were playing their fourth game in six nights. Their number one goalie has had to play every game because their backup got hurt. Mark Andre Fleury, nothing, nothing in the tank last night, and uh, they may have to play their their third string goalie uh, here coming up, uh, Oscar Dantic, uh, on Thursday night against Ottawa, just because Fleury is so tired. Mm. Subban, he, Subban's the back is the backup, right? Subban is the backup, yeah. but he's out right now okay. with a shoulder injury, I believe it is. So he he is out. And not ready to come back yet. So yeah, Oscar Dantic, who's been a AHL guy, playing mm-hmm. in Chicago the last couple of years, played and, and played very well. Has had a goal against average under three, but you know, big drop off though. He has not started in a regular season NHL game yet. Uh, Kenny, you know, to college football in the NFL, do you like? I'm I'm looking at the slate of games and the points. There's just nothing jumps. Do you experience that ever? That you just Oh my God! There's I, I can't find a single game. I mean, you do this for a living. Some weeks are easier than others, right? But do you ever experience one that's just like, Oh my God! I can't find one. <laughs> I have no problem finding a lot of games, but you're right though. When it gets to finding some really big differences, that's been a little problematic the last couple of weeks. Like the NFL, so I rate my plays out small medium and large, and then I'll add a little plus to that, like a small plus play, like it leans to a medium or a medium plus, leans to a large or a large plus is one of the biggest plays I could have. And it's been hard finding large plays as of late, and that's usually a number that may be seven and a half points off of the number that I made the game. So, you know, it's it's the numbers get tougher. You just have to kind of dig a little deeper and try to find some angles that uh, 
you know, that are useful and that work. Like I, like I just said, the Vegas Golden Knights, great hockey team. They were so tired last night. And you got to try to find that with maybe some of these football teams that are now maybe playing, especially college, playing their seventh game in seven weeks that haven't had a week off yet. Those teams may start to get a little tired. And then also check the travel. If they got to travel back-to-back weeks this time of year, that becomes awfully tough on these, these young kids. Kenny, want to get your perspective on bankroll management. I, I'm sure there are many people out there, Little, just about halfway through the football season, bankroll's getting a little bit light. I'm like you. I, I find games all weekend long that I love, and I got a dozen plays on Saturday and eight plays on Sunday. And if you bet them all at the same level, well, over the course of the season, you're not going to be able to be very profitable. You talk about kind of those different levels of things. Is that one unit versus two units versus three units? Does your big play turn out to be 10 units? How do you work with that bankroll management? Yeah, great great question, Trent. And my my small is a one-unit play. My my medium is a play and a half. Okay. And my large plays are double plays. So I'll play twice as much on a large play, a play and a half on the mediums. So, And like I said, like if I got a small plus, I'll play like 1.25% of the bankroll on, on that, on that type of play. Um, and again, you know, I was, somebody was asking me the other day about parlays and why, why are parlays not, not good and why are straight butts so much better? I said, we'll just, we'll keep it simple. Let's make a round robin. Let's do three twos and you bet $10 around robin. So you bet $30 total and you hit two of the three. Well, you hit one parlay, you get $36 back. So for your $30 investment, you won $6. Hmm. If you bet each one of those games straight at $10 a piece to win $9.10, you'll get back $38 for the same $30 investment. So that two extra dollars you make a week adds up after the year. That's you know $104 if, you, if you're playing every week that way. So you're, you're just trying to make a little bit more money today than you had yesterday, and parlays are not going to get you there. When you make a round round, like I said, you got to hit two out of three to cash one ticket. That's 67%. So you start to add that up, and if you play 10 games and you're able to hit 67%, well, your money's going to add up really quick. So straight bets is the way to go, and you're right, managing your bankroll. You know, A lot of people, the, the number has been 2.5%, 3% of your bankroll to make a bet. And a lot of people will say, well, my bank, well, I've got 2000 in my account right now, but I get paid on Friday too. And I have another thousand dollars. <laughs> so really the bank rolls 3000, you know, today. Mm. Kenny White, uh, sports.com. Kenny White is our guest. No baseball tonight. Game four has been postponed. It is official. Wow. No baseball Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as they'll get this thing done in advance of the World Series game one on Tuesday. Let's take a look at some games, Kenny White. We'll take a look at Iowa and Iowa State, but I want to start with the two teams that Iowa has seen in back-to-back weeks, and both of them have been able to get past the Hawkeyes. Michigan two weeks ago, Penn State last week, Nittany Lions hosting Michigan. Uh, Nice game in the Big Ten East. How do you see this game? Yeah, when I when I looked at this, and I've had to upgrade Penn State, upgrade their offense, their defense is right where I thought they'd be, and I've had to downgrade Michigan's offense because they're just uh, very vanilla in their play calling. Josh Gaddis has really underwhelmed me uh, with his play calling; he's done a horrible job. They've been playing faster. They're they're getting a playoff every twenty four seconds, fifty third fastest in the country. Penn State's playing almost just as fast, 24.9 uh, seconds in between plays. So they're going up and down. Um, Penn State's won four of the last five in this series at home. 
the average score or the median score I put together those five games. Penn State's won 43 to 28. They have just destroyed Michigan's defense the last five times they played here in, in, uh, um, where is it? Happy Valley. It's, uh, I guess that would be the name of it, but five and oh to the over between these two teams and Michigan under Harbaugh. 36-16-1 and one to the over the last 53 games. So it looks like defense, defense, defense. I think this game could actually turn out to be a high-scoring game. I just got a funny feeling that uh, uh, both these teams are going to put up some points in this game. Well, let's take a look at the team uh, that these two teams faced the last two weeks. Iowa, big number with Purdue coming in. Historical trends, those types of things. It's been domination the last two years, at least offensively from Jeff Brome and, uh, and that Purdue squad against the Hawkeyes. 18, 18 and a half the number. Things bouncing around in kind of that goofy spot between 17 and 21. Feels like a big one from our perspective. Yeah, the, it, it, it feels like a big one from my perspective as well. 18 points now. Purdue, this number was right if you didn't look at last week's game that they destroyed Maryland. Yep. Uh, because before that, Purdue is just horrible. And their quarterback, retro freshman Jack Plummer, he's from Phoenix. I thought, boy, must be Jake Plummer's right, son. I looked it up. No, no relation at all. Yeah. No relation. So, Jake Plummer, though, pretty good quarterback in his own right. Finally had his best game as a collegiate against Maryland. Uh, put up big numbers. Purdue, uh, but Jeff Brom does a great job. This guy's a really good football coach. And, I think he's got his team back on track. The last four times Purdue has played uh, in Iowa, they are, have covered all four games. The median score of those games, Iowa 23, Purdue 22. So 18 points, boy, that's such a big number in Iowa. You know, as I mentioned, I thought I had them underrated at the beginning of the year, and I've had to raise their power rating. And even though I have, they're still just 2-4 and four ATS on the year. Their defense has been outstanding. It's been that offense that struggled. Nate Stanley's a really good quarterback, but he just hasn't gotten it done. He hasn't gotten the ball in the end zone this year for some reason. So I think this one's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, Purdue has been nine and two to the under on uh, their road games. Actually, eleven and three. Their last fourteen road games they've gone under. So I think it's going to be a close battle and a um, little lower scoring than the total indicated of forty nine. Eighteen points and a total of forty nine. That's a lot of points. I just think this one's a. Uh, a nice play on Purdue here. Hmm, interesting. Uh, let's go to uh, Lubbock. Uh, their Texas Tech is stinging after that blown call uh, in the overtime period. They get back on the field. Here come the clones. They're a touchdown favorite. Iowa State, Texas Tech. Your thoughts on this game? Yeah, that you know, coming off an overtime game is is tough as it is, but to lose one that way that makes it even more difficult. Uh, Matt Matt Campbell, we you know talk about him. I could talk to you know the the cows come home that he's one of the best coaches in college football. And Matt Wells on the other side, first year at Texas Tech, came from Utah State. Guy's an offensive guru, and he is playing faster now with Texas Tech's offense than they did when Cliff Kingsbury was there. Eleventh fastest in the country. That's counting the FCS teams too. That there's probably nine of those ahead of Texas Tech. So Texas Tech out of the FBS schools. Maybe the second or third fastest team in the country. Boston College is actually number one. Shockingly, you'd never think that Boston College could be really? the most up-tempo team in the country, but they are. So uh, last four years in Lubbock, the Texas Tech Red Raiders' median side has been they were a 12-and-a-half-point favorite against Iowa State, total of 68. So it's amazing how the you know things have changed. Now we're looking at Iowa State 7. That's a 20-point turnaround just in the last 10 years. But the median score of those games, Iowa State's actually come out on top. They've covered three of four. 
and they've won by an average of 33 to 27 over Texas Tech. That's 60 points. I think this game goes over because I think Texas Tech's defense is worn out, especially from that overtime game. And Brock Purdy, uh, as good of a quarterback he is, I think he'll shred this Texas Tech defense. And Texas Tech, as I said, playing fast and passing. Uh, they're going to get their points. They'll put some points up on the scoreboard. This will be a very high-scoring game. I think it's very, very solid overplay. Yeah. Last year was 40-31 to 31 as well. So 56, very low total here. You know, one thing I've picked up on in our weekly conversations, the, the up-tempo teams and the amount of plays, that's very important to what uh, what you do. And we're uh, gleaning a lot of knowledge, as we knew we would when we uh, decided to, you know, make this a weekly occurrence. KennyWhiteSports.com, lots of packages out there. My favorite part of all of your packages, Kenny, is if you buy for the year, the calendar starts the day you purchase, not when the season starts, which I think is it separates you in a lot of ways. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, want people to be involved, want to make it affordable, and uh, the prediction website is great because it's it's 100% math, so you got to kind of add in your own science to it, whatever trends and uh, tangibles that you want to use to it, but it gives you a great starting point with that line should be. So you're right, $69 for the NFL and college. You get both sports for the entire year. Great stuff, Kenny White. We will uh, Thanks, talk guys. to you next week. Appreciate it. Yep, go Cyclones. All right, there you go. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. All right, Trent, let's do this time. Put another $1,000 in your bull bankroll or your betting bankroll. Text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now. That's SUPER to 200-200, your chance to win $1,000. Copy. Information, text, and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, pardon me. Copy coming up next. Jumped over you. He did. Uh, Joe Madden is made, does not make the conversation as we taped Cappy earlier to the Joe Madden news. We've got another giveaway. Shall we do that now? And you, we've got yeah. tickets for tomorrow night. Now, if you can go to the Buccaneers tomorrow night, tomorrow night, Thursday night, four tickets and ten dollars in concession items, alcohol not included. But you can get a hot dog. You can get a hot dog. Soda. Absolutely, ten dollars will go. Away. And you don't have to pay for your tickets because we got four of them right here for you. Now, you wanted to change the question. I did. Who won the Stanley Cup last year? First one to get it right got four tickets to right. tomorrow and night's Buccaneers game. Make sure you can go to the game. Just yes, don't. Just, yes. We don't want the tickets to just sit idle right. and not get picked up. But if you can go tomorrow, you know, won the Stanley Cup last year, St. Louis Blues, and you want to go. <laughs> did, did you just. I want to help the audience. It's not that difficult. I get it, but we're trying to... People have Google machines. They're all right. Okay. Um, We'll give away those tickets right now just for the asking. They're for tomorrow night, but you've got to answer Trent's question. Who won the Stanley Cup last year? Cappy next. Bill Bender still to come. We're here till noon. 1460. Very based on how you buy. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Thank you to Kenny White, who joins us from Las Vegas. Time to get the cap man in here from Vegas to Chicago we go. Some Bears, some Cubs conversation. Uh, We'll get Cappy's thoughts on who is trending towards the top of the managerial search, but it's Bears season, and we start with the Chicago Bears. Cap, great to talk to you. How are you, David Kaplan? Doing okay. How about you, boy? Doing pretty well. And, boy, the uh, big spot this week at Soldier Field, New Orleans, uh, coming in. They're playing very good football. We haven't seen the Bears since they got tripped up over in the U.K. by the Raiders of all teams. Uh, big spot for the Bears this weekend, Cap. 
Yeah, huge spot. Mitchell Trubisky should be back at quarterback. So got to find a way to win a football game. And I do think they'll win this week. But they've got their hands full with Noah Keem Hicks. I think the offensive line has to obviously play better. And I think they might getting an injured Kyle Long out of the lineup. So we'll see how this whole thing shakes out on Sunday. But they've got to commit to the run. And then Mitchell Trubisky has to step up. Cap, you mentioned those two big injuries. IR for the fourth straight year for Kyle Long. Akeem Hicks is uh, placed on there with that elbow injury. Both those guys will be out significant time. Hicks maybe at the end of the season he'll have a chance to come back. But what's more impactful for this year's team, the injury to Hicks or the injury to Long? Hicks by a mile. I agree. Long has been, this is his fourth consecutive year on injured reserve. So, you know, he hasn't been that guy since, the, you know, 2015. So, yeah, Akeem Hicks was a pro bowler last year, and he's the anchor in the middle of that defense. So, yeah, for sure it's Akeem Hicks. Uh, David Montgomery was thought to be, I mean, everybody, uh, not everybody, but certainly a lot of people thought this is my fantasy sleeper in fantasy football. Uh, The Bears are just not running the football cap, and maybe it's a product of that offensive line, and maybe, as you suggest, it's addition by subtraction with Kyle Long hitting the IR. Uh, How important is it for them to really start to dominate? Because, as you well know, the weather's about to change in, uh, uh, in the Midwest here, and you have to run the football in the month of December, and the Bears have struggled at that so far yeah there's some doubters now you're hearing well where's david montgomery i thought he was this really good player and there's no flash plays look if you can't block and your quarterback is either injured or struggling you know to light the scoreboard up a bit down the field it'll be really tough to run i don't care who you are so i still believe this kid's going to be a good player the people up there believe he's going to be a good player but it has to all start up front harry he the offensive line coach said We've taken turns every single game. Somebody else is screwing up. We keep taking turns. We're never going to be able to block. So that's got to get fixed quickly. With that cap, you also need to call the right plays. Uh, Going all the way back to week one against the Packers, the scheme, the game plan just didn't make a whole lot of sense. How much of this is on Nagy in your mind? I don't think as much is on Nagy as some others do. Again, if you can't run the ball because your offensive line is playing terrible, getting punched in the mouth by the Raiders on both sides of the ball and you don't respond, it doesn't matter what play you call. You know, Mitch hasn't been great, no doubt about it. He's got to be better. There's a reason Chase is a, a backup quarterback and not a starter in this league. You get your starter back, you block better, you commit to running the football behind a better offensive line, and you got to be really physical defensively. Let's not forget, they had the lead, and they had the Raiders pinned first and ten at their own three. Mm-hmm. And they let them go 97 yards for whatever reason. You ran into a kicker. For whatever reason, you didn't get off the field, and you let them go 97 yards to beat you. So add all that in. Now we're hearing that you know Khalil Mack may have had an injury that he was dealing with. During that game, uh, we hadn't heard any of that, none of it, until yesterday. So maybe that's why he wasn't in there on that drive a lot. So we'll see. Uh, Centurion Stone makes it possible for us to uh, speak with Cappy on a weekly basis. Centurion Stone of Iowa, more about them coming up. Cap, uh, Rokon Smith, he played in uh, over in London. He played pretty well. I think he tied his uh, his season high for, for tackles in the football game. He's good to go going forward. And do we know what um, you know kept him out uh, of that uh, game earlier this season? 
you know, we don't know what kept him out. They have not ever said anything beyond personal issue. The linebacker coach, Ted Medicino, came out yesterday and said, I actually thought he played a really good football game against the Raiders. There were others that didn't agree with that assessment. But, you know, I think his position coach would know. And he had second high on the team and tackles in that game with nine. So he's just got to keep playing better. It's got to start up front, whether that's Bilal Nichols with a club because he's got a broken hand. Mm-hmm. He's recovering from Eddie Goldman. Uh, there's a number of guys that have to step up and play better, Roy Robertson, Harris being another. So as you look forward, the Packers escape with the win on Monday. It was the Vikings bouncing back the last couple of weeks against the Giants and more impressively against the Eagles. This division, you're not going to be able to win it at 10-6, and six, probably even 11-5. and five. It is all hands on deck going forward. What's a realistic conclusion to this Bears team? I mean, look, they got to go out and beat the Saints, and then they've got to take care of a Chargers team that isn't what everyone thought they would be. And you look at their schedule, and at the start of the year, wow, that schedule really tough. Well, the Saints don't have Drew Brees. They scored 13 points last week. They're a good team. I'm not telling you they're not. Mm-hmm. But they're here. If you're a legit team, you should beat them. The Chargers look terrible. That's a team you should beat. But I also think you should have beaten the Oakland Raiders, and I think you should have beaten Green Bay here and scored more than three points, and they didn't. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys just lost to the Jets on the road, so why can't you beat them here? The Giants, not a very good football team. So the opportunities are there for the Chicago Bears, but it's got to start this Sunday, and it's got to start up front on both sides of the ball. Cap, let's move from uh, football to baseball. Uh, the Cubs still searching for their manager. Before we pick your brain on a couple of names, do you know, is, is there a timeline, Cap, as to when they want this uh, issue to be, when they want to name their guy? Any timeline that you've heard? No. Theo said, when we know, we'll get it done. And I, I do I think they'd like to get it done before the World Series? I do. Uh, I still think it's David Ross's job to turn down. I do. Uh, they have had this guy in their sights for a while as a manager. And now, could he say, you know what, family concerns, I'm not going to take it? Well, then all bets are off. Then it could be just about anybody they're talking to. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But right now, if you made me make a bet, It'll be David Ross, and it'll be done within a week. Uh, uh, Gabe Kapler's name come up, the relationship to Theo, the comparison to Francona when he flamed out at first. Um, you know, when, when, when his name first surfaced, Cap, I think that there was a lot of, oh, this is never going to happen. Uh, is there a chance that, uh, that, that, that he does emerge as the dark horse candidate? No, I'd be stunned, stunned if Gabe Kapler's the manager. I don't see that happening at all. David Kaplan joining us, NBC Sports Chicago and ESPN 1000. Kappa, a big offseason certainly coming here. The, the questions about who is going to manage. Ken and I were having this conversation the other day. What does a manager really mean in today's day and age of baseball with analytics, with front office staff having so much power and control? What is a manager over the course of the season? Is he worth a win? A couple of wins? What do you think? Um... I think the manager is a fairly overrated thing at times, but he has to establish a culture where there's accountability, where if you don't run a ball out, there's consequence. If you don't play smart mentally, there's consequence. If you don't follow team rules, there's consequence. Uh, look, Joe Madden created an amazing culture. This year and over the last couple of years, 
Did I think things became lax around there? I did. I do think it's okay to say Joe was amazing. Joe had the best run of any manager in Cubs history, and it might be time for a new voice. Hmm. Cap, uh, the Cardinals have been sent home. They were swept by the Nationals. Uh, whoever comes out of the American League, and right now the Astros are, are up in the series, uh, if it's Astros versus the Natties, those pitching matchups, I mean, you got to go, I would think, pretty deep in, in history to find uh, as good of matchups potentially with that starting pitcher. These Nationals, with those starters, they can compete with whoever wins the American League, don't you think? Absolutely. It would be amazing that they were 19-31 and 31 and they turned it around from that point to go to the World Series. So this team can run Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin. There are four starters, Annabelle Sanchez, who pitched really well against yes, no going uh, in the seventh. This team has ability to hit with Anthony Rendon and Ryan Zimmerman and Juan Soto and Howie Kendrick. I mean, they've got a really, really good team, Trey Turner. They can win the World Series, and I think it's absolutely awesome. And the only more awesome thing is that the Cardinals are gone. <laughs> Had to get that in, and I'm not surprised. Cap, last thing. Uh, will you be at Ryan Field on Friday night, Ohio State? Maybe the best college football team in the country paying a visit. I know that you make your way over there when you can, once seemingly every season. Uh, is it going to be this Friday to see the Bucks? It will not be because it's my wife's birthday this weekend, so I'm taking her to dinner. Nice. So I will not be going to that game. Uh, I will record it and watch it, but my wife's got to leave on Sunday, which is her actual birthday for a conference for work. So we're going out Friday night for her birthday. Very nice. Well, ne- this time next week, Cap, we'll uh, do a little bulls. We'll inject them into the conversation as the NBA uh, is about to tip off. Cappy, as always, thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it, pal. You boys have a wonderful day, and shout-out to all your listeners. Thank you, Cap. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan joining us uh, from Chicago, Centurion Stone of Iowa, serving Iowa. Nebraska and the metro area's beautiful stone veneer products, Iowa's best selection. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone offers a variety of style patterns and colors for your every need. In fact, how many? Over 200 color and pattern combinations. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Check them out online right in the front page, the landing page uh, at Centurion Stone. There's a big blue tab there. You can tell us uh, in advance of the project. And we encourage you to visit that showroom. The showroom located at 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Centurion Stone of Iowa. So it sounds like uh, Cappy's coming around on, cause I think he had Joe Girardi mm-hmm. as the favorite and then David Ross maybe, I think he's reversed those now. It seems yeah, like yeah. Ross is the hot name. There's no doubt. Um, this is what baseball has done a lot recently. You see Carlos Beltran was, yes. uh, was approached by the Cubs and another yeah. team. I can't remember what it was offhand, but, and he said, no, I'm good right now being uh, an assistant with the Yankees and going that direction. But this is where we are going with that managerial spot over baseball, really across the board. And you look at the success from the Dave Roberts of the world and what mm-hmm. he did early in his career this year, Rocco Bedelli, his first season with the Twins. These young guys just out of the game. What do you think that is? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's weird. 
It's so odd. I'm kind of glad that we're not just recycling. Absolutely. Dusty Baker's probably going to get a job, and I'm not picking on him. He's the first, you know, veteran manager that popped into my head. Buck Showalter, another one, uh, is going to get, uh, have his opportunities. Joe Madden, who's being replaced in Chicago, seems like he's ticketed for the Angels. But, you know, it's it's probably time that we, uh, you know, inject some new blood into the managerial spot. And if David Ross gets the gig, um, Look, they're a fun team to watch. They move the needle here in the summertime, so I'm rooting for them to have success uh, right out of the gate. Had one more thing for you. We ran out of time, Cap. You had to run. But uh, Monday, it was a special anniversary. 16 Monday. years ago from Monday, October 14th, 2003, in Wrigley Field. It was the Bartman game. Was it 16 years ago? So take us back to what were... You're on the air. Yep. Yep. What was it like here? Um, You know what? I really don't remember. Because I hadn't started sports talk yet. I was still a year away from starting, so... I mean, it was clearly a talker, obviously. Yeah. We carried the Cardinals. The jock carried the Cardinals. And... Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a big talker, but I don't remember it certainly, like social media wasn't around at the time, right? It was, um, there was no Twitter. I remember going to my computer. And very, by by the way, very few radio, well, certainly where I worked, Mm -hmm. there was no computer. It was, you had the newspaper in front of you. That's where you got your stats. That's where you got your probable pitchers. That's where you got your NFL and college football standings was the newspaper. Because I went to the Hawkeye message board all the time at the time. Yeah. And there were a few of those. Right, yeah. But I couldn't find a Cubs message board. And that's what I was looking for. And I searched around and searched around and finally found this thing and there was hardly anybody on there, but that was trying to find other people's ideas and thoughts and because you're right, you didn't just hop on Twitter. Yeah, no. I mean, imagine that today. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> unbelievable. People had video Bartman sneaking out of Wrigley Field mm-hmm. or wherever he went. Anyways, we gotta we gotta move along. Bill Bender joins the program next sportingnews.com. He's their national college football correspondent and uh, columnist, and Bill Bender joins the program next. Thank you again. Centurion Stone of Iowa, 5525 Northeast, 22nd Street in Des Moines. Back with Bill Bender next as Trent and I take you up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. We rip on college coaches' clock management. Yeah. Our clock management, not very good, because yeah. I don't want to shortchange Bill Bender, one ten of our minutes. favorite guests of the week. Do we have 10? We got oh, 10. Let's get it started then. Start the clock. Bill Bender, SportingNews.com. How are you, Bill Bender? I'm doing well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on, Bill, as we take a look back and take a look ahead and I guess the reverberations from Georgia's loss, uh, uh, they were felt in a lot of places. But at the same time, Bill, they're they're still very much hold the destiny in their hands, right? If they get to the SEC championship and beat Alabama, they're going to be one of the four playoff teams. Don't you see it that way? Probably. I mean, but that is a bad loss, Ken. To really yeah, bad yep. to lose at home and play that poorly, and if you get in a one-loss pile-up with the Oregon, and you no, know, well, they've got the advantage on Notre Dame. That's the one thing that helps. But I, how they get through the rest of their schedule without a second loss, and I know they're in the SEC, and I know they play a lot of games, but you can't chalk up playing in the SEC to losing to South Carolina at home. True. That's kind of my contention with it. 
South Carolina team certainly inconsistent injuries. Jake Bentley went down earlier this season. You know, with with the coaching staff there with Muschamp and company, what is South Carolina football? Spirit got him going at a decent level for a while. Lou Holtz had a couple of decent seasons, but South Carolina, what's the high water mark? Can they can they do anything more than maybe sneak into a championship every decade or so? I mean, yeah. I, I think that the way that Spurrier got that program into the SEC championship game is that he did a good job recruiting in the state. And they're in the unique position where, I think I've told you guys this before, they're they're probably the best, biggest team in the state. They're just not the best team in the state because Clemson's so much bigger. Uh, Bill Bender, SportingNews.com. Bill, I, maybe it's an out-of-sight, out-of-mind thing, or absent make the heart grow fonder, but that's kind of how I am when it comes to the Pac-12. This is a really big weekend in the Pac-12 this week. Oregon, Washington, and then in the South, uh, Utah, Arizona State. Um, the South, all those one-loss teams still sorting themselves up, but this is a big weekend in the Pac-12. I don't think there's going to see any playoff team come out of it, but certainly that Rose Bowl and you know to get an opportunity to play in that championship game, huge week in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I still can. I still think Oregon can make a run. Do you? Look at their defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they go twelve and one, they'll have a say. I mean, because they, look at their schedule. Look, they have a forgivable loss, and their defense is really good. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're dead. I think it's a big weekend for them though, because it is a tough matchup. Yep. To go on the road to Washington, probably going to get in a defensive struggle. This is why Justin Herbert came back to win these games. But they're the one. I could be wrong. I like them a little bit more than Utah or Arizona State to maybe get in the mix, mainly because they've done it before. And that helps. The name recognition is, unfortunately to some people, that is certainly a part of it. Well, two programs certainly that have name recognition, but haven't been in the college football playoff, Penn State and Michigan. Huge one for Michigan, trying to bounce back after what happened uh, earlier, about a month ago now, against Wisconsin. They get this one. Suddenly this program looks a whole lot different. Penn State Still waiting for that final breakthrough moment with James Franklin and getting into the playoff here. It's a big number. Eight and a half is uh, what Penn State is favored by here. Do you expect the Nittany Lions to roll? No, I think this one's going to be tight. Uh, And and the reason why is because I've watched Iowa's defense make Clifford uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think Michigan can do the same. Michigan and Iowa statistically are pretty close. The one difference with Penn State, though, is because, as you guys know, Michigan's so aggressive. Maybe Penn State can pop off a couple big plays against their corners. But um, I, I think it comes down to Shea Patterson, that Michigan offense that's fumbled 17 times and lost nine of them. If they turn over the ball three or four times, we could see a, yet another route blowout in this series. If they don't, I think we're going to get a 24-20 type game, and, and Michigan may have a chance to win at the end, even though I picked Penn State. Mm, interesting. Uh, Bill, the Big 12 last week, of course, the, the marquee matchup uh, every year, um, Oklahoma versus Texas. Texas covered, but I thought Oklahoma was far and away the better team on the field. Did you see it that way? And what do you make of this Texas team? Are they still, as you, as we sit here today, are they still the second-best team in the Big 12? Baylor's off to a great start. We think Iowa State is still good. Where are you on the Big 12, Oklahoma head and shoulders, and then where does that leave Texas? Yeah, Texas has got to win out now probably to get back in the conference championship game, but I think you, you hit it. Oklahoma's defense is what stood out in the big win last week. And now you're wondering if Baylor can go to Oklahoma State this weekend and win, 
I'm wondering if they aren't the team that can maybe get to the Big 12 championship game ahead of Texas. So that's why, um, you know, for Oklahoma, they may even want that because maybe you don't want to play Texas again because I think Oklahoma at 13-0, and pretty good chance they're in yeah. unless we have a ridiculous pile up at the end of the year. So I, I do think Oklahoma is the team. Their defense is awesome. And I'm really going to be zoning in on Baylor this weekend. You are, like myself, Bill, a child of the 80s, and there was something special every single year, even though we're both Midwest guys. Third Saturday in October, Mm. Tennessee, Alabama. Even when the programs weren't at the highest levels, there was always something special about that game. I went to that game a decade ago down in Alabama. Mount Cody with a blocked field goal to hold on as Alabama went on to their first national title with uh, Saban as the head coach. Great environment, great game, but... Uh, the game has not been very good here in recent history. College football rivalries. This is one that certainly has taken a step back. Will it ever have that same luster? Well, Tennessee's got to win. It's the same as Ohio State, Michigan, and, sure. and you know Virginia, Virginia Tech. When you have a rivalry where um, one team wins all the time, the luster comes off of it. So I think just knowing that alone, you've got to wonder, can – can Tennessee make a game of it? Can Tennessee compete? Or are they just going to get rolled through for the 13th straight year? I mean, it's really I – went, I went to the last two at Neyland, and Alabama was crushing them by halftime. So I think it's – can Jeremy Pretty even get this into the fourth quarter where it's competitive, and then you go from there. Uh, Bill, uh, SportingNews.com, you do your bowl uh, projections and uh, your, your playoff every week. And one of my – it's it's a, it's a must-click for me. Clemson, Ohio State in the Fiesta uh, versus Alabama, Oklahoma. So those are your four playoff teams. How difficult was it for you when, uh, pursuant to Wisconsin um, or pursuant to LSU? How difficult was it for those two schools to leave them out of as you see the playoff uh, this week? Well, it is difficult. And I think the, the other part is, I've got, if I was ranking the teams right now, if I was in that playoff committee room, I'd probably go Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, either order. I don't care. Two, three, and you can do either one. And then Clemson. But obviously that would require require that scenario where Alabama maybe beats LSU and they both get in. I think that's the only way two SEC teams get in, to answer your Georgia question from earlier. Mm -hmm. So, but that would, so does that leave Oklahoma out? I mean, that's tough to do. So I think those are the top five. And now you play a big game of chicken to make sure that you don't lose out of those top five. It's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be awesome. a great run. So really many good is. games going forward here and what we're going to get over the next month and a half. Bill, I'd be remiss, though, uh, before we go, I got a little something for you for your birthday. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Happy uh, birthday, number 40, Bill Bender. <laughs> Hey, yeah, the, the NFL officials gave me a bunch of for my birthday on Monday night. This was great. Yeah, as a Packer fan, indeed. Uh, yeah, you got your present on Monday night, all right. That was unbelievable. Hey, Bill, last thing. I know that uh, Sporting News, you've been you know following the draft, the uh, the XFL coming up. Does it have a chance, Bill, or is it is it destined, like all seemingly all the other competitors, to you know to flame out and fail? Yeah, they. I got XFL duty the last two days. And no, he did. I followed it along. I, I've been following the tracker and the draft. And the one thing it doesn't have, it needs you need star power. Yeah, you know, it's Landry Jones. It's fun to say, oh, I remember him, but it's not star power. And that right. you guys remember the USFL. The USFL had guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back and look, 
Reggie White, Anthony Carter, Herschel Walker, Kelvin Bryant. Jim Kelly. Yeah, Jim Kelly and Steve Young. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get those guys, you're not going to be able to compete long-term other than a fast – I mean, the fascination factor will be there early, and they they could face the same things that the AAF faced. Mm -hmm. Uh, A week from – well, when we reconvene a week from today, I mean, Wisconsin-Ohio State, we're likely going to see it twice, but boy, oh boy, this one in the shoe's got a chance to be special. I don't want want us to preview that. I'm just kind of throwing that out there that this will be topic numero uno one week from today, Bill Bender. Yeah, and I can't believe, guys, that we're already at the midway. Sad, point. isn't you know, it? I, I, I enjoy talking to you guys every week. So let's make these the second half season better than the first half, right? And we will do better clock management-wise <laughs> so we can spend more time uh, with you. Bill Bender, SportingNews.com. Bill, thank you as always. We'll talk to you in seven days. Hey, sounds good, guys. Take care. Have yeah, good. To, to you too. Uh, Bill Bender, SportingNews.com. Uh, as we wrap up today's show. Tomorrow, Mark Morehouse on the Hawks. Good. Alex Halstead on the Clones. Mm-hmm. My buddy, our buddy, Stephen M. Sipple. With his brand new opener. Yeah, they, uh, they've got their first buy of the season, but we'll do that with Sip. Who Comes else? at a welcome time. Yeah, for them it does. Lee um, Sterling Lee will Sterling. be making his five-pack of picks. And I think Nick Athen and uh, you and I will talk Chiefs-Broncos Thursday night oh, yes. football. Boy, Trent, tonight. No baseball to watch. We've fun got belt. The, the fun belt, but two. Got anything on the DVR that's got you excited? Anything that's been... I saw there was a new 30 for 30 last night on MMA. I think it was Chuck Liddell. I didn't even record it. I I tried to get into the Maradona. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I mean, the footage is fantastic that they've got that stuff back in the 70s. No, it's just it's the language problem. Oh, sure. You know, anyways. All right, so uh, Murph and Andy come your way at 2. No language problem there. No. Fanatics have to work today, thanks to the Nationals. So they'll be here at 4, and then the Morning Rush will cut the ribbon on a Thursday of local sports talk radio tomorrow morning at 6. We're Miller and Condon. We appreciate you being here. It's 1460 KXNO.